I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 378. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I hope you've enjoyed the past four weeks of using some of my favorite hymns to inspire us to dive into Scripture. Coming out of this month of replays, I'm delighted to introduce what I call a modern hymn by Keith and Kristen Getty, Matt Boswell, and Matt Papa. The structure of Christ the True and Better mimics a traditional hymn and is chock-a-block full of scriptural references that can send us frolicking through verses and chapters and books of God's Word. I'm just a little bit excited about this one. So let's not waste any more time and listen. Christ the true and better Adam, Son of God and Son of Man, who intended in the garden, never yielded, never sinned. He to this song by my new friend Joel Archery over at the Theology of Music podcast. We actually had a little chat recently looking at this song lyric by lyric and Joel recently posted part one of our conversation on Friday and we'll post part two of our conversation this coming Friday. So I encourage you to go over there and listen in on that. It was really fun unpacking the song with him. I really hope I'll be able to do that again soon. Now today, I will only be able to scratch the surface of the depths of this song. I could write a full episode for each verse. It's that good. I'm not going to do that. But really, if you can get inspired by this episode, download the study guide I've put together for you. You can grab that at michellekneesat.com forward slash 378 download. If you're already subscribed to my email list, then this link to this resource is already in your inbox. All that's just my way of saying thank you for listening and staying connected. But if you are not yet a subscriber, you can get that free resource at michellekneesat.com forward slash 378 download. But for today's episode, I want to take the first verse of the song and explore what the Bible has to say that would lead to these wonderful conclusions that we're singing about in verse one. So it says, Christ, the true and better Adam, son of God and son of man, who when tempted in the garden, never yielded, never sinned. He who makes the many righteous brings us back to life again, dying. He reversed the curse, then rising, crushed the serpent's head. Now, the song goes on to talk about Jesus as the true and better Isaac, the true and better Moses, and the true and better David. But what in the world does that actually mean? Why would we even sing about Jesus being a better Adam or a better Isaac or a better Moses or a better David? 
Well, we sing about it and we want to study it because these people are considered a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Now, I ran across this great article over at blueletterbible.org that talks about types. I'm going to go ahead and link to it in the show notes. But let me summarize by using the words of Augustine. The new is in the old contained. The old is by the new explained. Now, he's speaking of the New and Old Testaments, of course, and it's a wonderful reminder that the entire Bible is linked together with the red thread of redemption. It is not meant to be individual disjointed stories and accounts, although many of them really do stand on their own, but rather also to weave together to tell one grand story. Okay, so if the new is in the old contained and the old is by the new explained, then we should be able to understand that there are types found in the Old Testament that are fulfilled or explained in the New Testament. And a type is some person or event or ceremony that is recorded to foreshadow a future person or event or ceremony. So in the case of Adam, we know he is a type of Christ because scripture says so in Romans chapter 5 verse 14. It literally says, Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. In fact, let's do this. Let's learn about Adam by reading the first three chapters of Genesis and then go and see what Paul was saying about Adam being a type of Christ in Romans chapter five. Now, we're really going to focus in on this idea found in our lyrics and scripture that Christ is the true and better Adam. You could continue to study in God's word as it relates to the subsequent lyrics of the song. So for example, studying Christ's titles of Son of God and Son of Man is a completely different study, in my opinion. So we're just going to stick to the story of Adam, read about him in context, and we're literally just considering this idea that he is a true and better Adam and what scripture has to say about that. So let's go read the story of Adam in context. And this is my favorite bite. Now, Bible Interaction Tool Exercise, B-I-T-E, the bites I share on the podcast. These are just habits I use to keep my time in God's word varied. And reading in context is my favorite. This means I'm not going to pluck out the verses where Adam is mentioned. I'm going to read all three of the opening chapters of Genesis. I want to challenge you to read the text for yourself. For the sake of the podcast, I almost always have to summarize at some point. So I've read the story and I'm summarizing for you. But the value to you will come in spending time in God's word for yourself. I'm just here to get you started, okay? So go read Genesis chapters 1 through 3. I don't care if you read it just last week. This time you're going to read it with your antenna up, paying attention to all of the details as they relate to Adam. While you're doing that, use the bite of repetition. So read these chapters several times. Use the bite of reading in various translations. This will show you how different translators might choose different English words to translate the original Hebrew words. I even use the bite of listening to an audio version of the text when I'm getting ready in the morning. This is the perfect partner, in my opinion, to repetition because it lets you listen to something that you've been reading over and over. So as I read Genesis 1... I see that when God creates mankind, which we later learn is Adam and Eve, but he has a purpose for him in mind. And I'm going to go ahead and use the bite of making a list to catalog the purposes I see. So as I'm reading the text, I see that Adam is created to be fruitful and and multiply, or mankind is created to be fruitful and multiply, 
fill the earth, subdue the earth, and have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I also see that God created man in his own image, and he gave them food to eat, which falls into the category of observation, because it's really not his purpose, like on my list that I have over here, but it's something I observed. So I'm going to, that's another bite, by the way, making observations, but I'm going to jot these observations down. And sometimes they fall neatly into a list. Other times, just writing it down helps me to parse through what I'm reading to focus in on the details, like what we're trying to accomplish here today with Adam. So I'm not going to write down every observation I have in the text. I'm writing down those specific observations I'm making as it relates to Adam. I hope that makes sense. So man was formed from the dust of the ground and God breathed his breath of life into him. And by breathing life, breathing into him, he, br- he brings him to life. Okay. And it's also in this chapter that we see God not only giving man food to eat, but part of his role is to cultivate the food. In Genesis chapter two, it says that God put man in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So I'm going to add cultivate to my list of what man is created to do. In a narrative where it is made clear that God's creation is good, Adam being alone was specifically described as not good. And so we see Adam getting the task of naming the creatures that he was to have dominion over in search for the perfect helpmate. But of course, a helper was not fit for him in that group. And so out of the side of man, God made woman and Adam named her too and rejoiced that she was a fit helpmate for him. It's here that actually marriage is described between a man and a woman. You're going to keep that in mind as you see in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul revealing marriage as a type of union that describes the relationship between Christ and the church. I don't want to wander off into that type right now, but you may have heard that correlation. And that's another type that we're just as as a matter of definition of what a type looks like. All right, so in chapter three, Eve was deceived by the serpent, fell to the temptation to disobey God's instructions regarding eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or rather specifically disobeying the the instruction to not eat from that tree. And Eve eats and gives the fruit from the tree to Adam, and he eats as well. Adam then hides from God's presence in the garden and eventually has a conversation with God where we see curses on the serpent, on Eve, and on Adam disclosed by a holy God. Now that comes up later in our song. You don't want to miss it in your personal study where in the first verse, we just heard it says, uh, dying, he reversed the curse, then rising, crushed the serpent's head. That's in direct correlation to the curse and promise tucked in within Genesis chapter three. And again, we're not unpacking that today, but if you took these lyrics and wanted to, again, use this as a springboard for further study, that would be another place that you could go. But what we're going to do is head over to Romans chapter 5. We have all of that study in Genesis in the background of our mind now. And now we're going to be able to process what Paul is trying to teach here. So I summarized it. You might even want to pause and go read Genesis 1 through 3 so that you're ready to have this discussion in Romans 5. I recommend reading all of Romans 5. Honestly, if you read in context, you could start in Romans chapter 1 and read all the way through Romans chapter 5. It will really help. It really will. But when you're going to focus in on for the, the discussion today is um, on the text beginning in verse chap- uh, verse 12. Okay. Chapter 5 verse 12. Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And there we have it. The ruin of mankind. Now, don't fall into the trap of thinking that if you were Adam, you would have made a different choice. Because, my friend, we all stand in the same place as Adam, 
choosing to sin and thus being separated from the presence of our holy God. Now, verse 13 might actually cause a little confusion because it says, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. And if you're reading this on your own and you're not sure what that means, this is a good time to write out your question. Um, What does this mean? This seems to contradict something. And then just move on to the parts that you can understand. There's so much in God's word that you can understand. I encourage you to focus in on those areas, but seek guidance from a trusted pastor or a commentary resource to guide you through these types of seemingly confusing phrases. So using the bite of asking questions, you might ask, is this text saying that Adam's sin didn't count because there was no law? Well, my uh, my answer is surely not because the verse right before it said sin spread to everyone through the sin of the first man. So surely that's not what Paul meant. But using the bite of consulting an outside resource, my commentary on Romans says, Paul means that in comparison with what happens when the law is present, when God's law is absent, sin does not seem to be reckoned. The law makes sin apparent and sharply defined. I'll go ahead and link to a copy of the commentary, Romans, by R. Kent Hughes. That's what I used. Um, It's in the Preaching the Word commentary series published by Crossway. I'll go ahead and link to that in the show notes if you're interested in that resource. But verse 14 says, Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. Okay, so Moses is, is an example of when the law was given. Even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So you see, as you keep reading, you see that Paul was saying mankind lived under death and sin, whether there was a law to point it out specifically or not. So in what way is Adam a type of Christ? Because it just doesn't seem, because we'll continue to read and you'll see that there's just a whole lot of contrast. So you would think that a type would be someone who's like that person, I would say that the actions of both Adam and Christ affects the entire human race. That would be one way that um, they they are alike. But in a lot of ways, they are very dissimilar. So verse 15 says, The free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So you might consider stopping to take the bite of compare and contrast here. I mentioned it because scripture really does that. They're really, scripture is really contrasting. Here in verse 15, we see the contrast between the free gift of salvation in Christ and the trespass or the sin of Adam. And in verse 16, you see another contrast. It says the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Now here you might take the bite of defining a word. Or the bite of asking questions that leads to the bite of defining a word. So I, the question I ask is, what is justification? And so to help me define that, one of my favorite outside resources is gotquestions.org. They answer the question through a full-blown article. I'll go ahead and link to the whole article in the show notes. But just in summary, they say, simply put, to justify is to declare righteous. Justification is an act of God whereby he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. 
And so you see here that leads us to the really good news of verse 17, where it says, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So back to our compare and contrast through one man, death reigns and through the other life reigns. And we're born into death in Adam, and we are reborn into life through Christ. And Paul goes on to explain in verses 18 and 19, it says, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Christ is the new and better Adam. And we see here that he's a type, not because Adam and Christ responded in the same way, but because they had the same opportunity for obedience and the same capacity to impact all mankind. But whereas Adam chose disobedience that led to death, Christ chose obedience that leads to life. And I I can't help but consider what Paul teaches us about Christ in Philippians 2. He says, starting in verse 6, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So do you see what I see there? Adam grasped for equality. And though Jesus is God, he emptied himself. And Adam lived in freedom and life, and yet his disobedience led to death for for himself and for all mankind. And Christ left his heavenly home of freedom and life there to obey, and his obedience cost him his life. And so in Christ, we, we actually see total dominion in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. All those things that Adam was, was designed to fulfill, Christ fulfilled. So Christ is the true and better Adam. So what's next? Well, I encourage you to retrace my steps this week. Go ahead and read Genesis 1 through 3 with your antenna up looking for details about Adam and the purposes God designed for him. Then meditate on Romans chapter 5 verses 12 through 19. Consider the contrast between Adam and Christ, the true and better Adam. Go ahead and grab the free study guide at michellenezat.com forward slash 378 download to use the song Christ the True and Better to inspire further study in scripture. Don't forget to listen in on my conversation unpacking this this song with Joel over at the Theology of Music podcast. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at Michelle Nizat. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today, one of the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment sites online. I'm super excited to be a part of this network, and I hope you check out some of their other podcasts as well. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. Just submit your name and email address to michellenezat.com 
forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers that have subscribed to my website recently. You benefit from a one page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. That's the first resource I send you right out of the gate. You also benefit from an email that I send once a week. I really try to to, um, honor your inbox. Uh, I, I give you the show notes and I give you instant access to any of the extra resources I create from time to time like I have this week. And so I encourage you to subscribe at michellekneesat.com. All of that's just my way of saying thank you for listening. And so I hope you really take advantage of some of the resources I have for you. And then have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this, it really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners, you know, the algorithms and all that. So as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Michael Wong, who writes, I'm always blessed by the teaching. The research is spot on, Bible-based, and God-centered. Music is such a wonderful vehicle when seeking God. Take a ride on the 30-day challenge and watch your faith grow. Well, thank you so much for that review, Michael, and thanks for the shout out for the 30-day challenge. I'm really glad it impacted your life for the good. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Less Like Me by Zach Williams. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 378. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.